Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you are happy and healthy at the moment in which you're hearing this. I'm on the mend. I've been sick, but like stomachal, intestinal stuff. <laughs> uh, the parasite, anti-parasite medicine that I took just as a matter of course, because you have to take it when you're in South America. Um, it's horrible. It's horrible. It makes me feel sick. I was hallucinating for two and a half days, not from any illness, but I think <laughs> it somehow makes me hallucinate. This medicine is so bad. I mean, it makes your urine look like you've been through an atomic war. <laughs> it's like neon yellow. I swear, if I shut off the light, it would glow in the dark. <laughs> It's really, really weird. I, I don't like these pills at all. They're horrible. They leave a weird taste in your mouth and they just, ugh. So I'm glad it's over. I'm glad that's over. My, my son woke up so sick. I thought I'd have to bring him to the ER today. But after I got him some Pedialyte and, you know, for his electrolyte replacement and some bananas, he's starting to feel better. Now he's just eating white, plain white rice so boring but it's what his stomach can handle right now with this flu so I don't know I hope that you guys are faring better than us and <laughs> that we all get healthy really really quick something that I have noticed is that since yesterday I started having all these strange thoughts and memories and feelings from the past on a heart shocker level now that is starting to clear so things that people said to me that hurt me on a heart level or interactions I had or friendships that were lost or anything like that will start to affect you in the next few days and when you have like fights you've had with people come up or if friendships broke up or fights you had with people in your family or romantic or not it doesn't matter just anything that affected your heart is going to start to come up so that you can now cleanse your heart chakra on a very deep level that's what's going on so I mean this morning there was there was a guy when I had just first started going through my divorce he and I spoke and he and I were perfect super compatible and he lived over in Texas and we met online and I was thinking he would probably make a perfect, you know, boyfriend. And I said, I want to take it slow. I'm going through a divorce, but we'll talk and whatever. We were planning to meet one weekend and 
we didn't quite get to the planning stages and I didn't hear from him again for like a month. I didn't hear from him. And I just was like, well, I guess maybe he found somebody or who knows, not going to make excuses, but I don't know. Then, then I heard from his business partner who told me he had died. He, um, was just driving home from work out in the countryside in outside of Dallas, Texas, and just ran his car into a ditch and nobody knows what happened. And so that, that haunts me because when I saw his pictures and I looked into his eyes, I knew he was one of my soulmates. And after he died, he, his spirit started coming to me and for years his spirit would come to me and every time I was driving especially he was so worried about me and his spirit would come to me and if I was like adjusting the radio while driving that was his phobia suddenly from beyond the grave because that's how he died he told me I was adjusting the radio and next thing I know I'm dead and I'm like what the hell he's like well I accidentally let go of the wheel for like a quick second I'm like oh my god he was like 29 or 30 years old he wasn't very old I was 38 when I went through my divorce so he was a little bit younger than me but smart had his own medical supply company he said he loved um, helping people he gave really good prices on medical equipment that people couldn't normally afford and he would extend credit and he did a lot of good things for disabled people and old people and he was like a super good person and I woke up thinking about him and I just you know it's like ah, you know it's like that one it's not he's not really the one that got away because we were never together but he was more of a man that could have been you know I don't know if I would have enjoyed a hundred percent living in Dallas Texas it's not a bad place it's a pretty small town they call it a city. <laughs> I think the biggest thing in Texas are some of the hairdos I've seen there, but we everywhere else in the world, their hair don't. <laughs> but in Texas, they're nice. They're, you know, it's part of the culture there. But I don't know. I haven't really, you know, I thought about it. And he was willing to take it slow and, you know, helped me raise my kids and the whole thing and he died and it was just like oh man I've really had bad luck with men honestly you know and I'm I'm waiting for the good luck good luck to kick in I'm hoping for the good luck to kick in I'm hoping maybe once I clear my heart chakra this week and I clear out all the sad memories all the heartaches and the pain and friends that just out of nowhere broke the friendship off with me. It's happened a couple times. One of those friends is back in my life again. Thank God. I, I loved her so much and we always loved each other so much. And sometimes when people do that, I found out that this particular friend of mine cut the friendship off with me because she had gotten involved with a man who was extremely controlling and dominant and she had never in her life encountered anyone like that. And she was a strong woman, really powerful human being. And he started abusing her, like beating her up. And she was so scared. She couldn't tell anybody. 
and she felt so embarrassed because she was kind of a bruiser herself. I mean, she's the kind of person that you would not want to be caught in an alley with if she was mad at you. She looked so powerfully strong. She was very tall, very big arms. Like she, <laughs> I mean, she was like one of those people that if you didn't know her, you'd be a little scared of her maybe, but very sweet, very loving person, hilarious, great sense of humor. And when she cut off the friendship, I was just like, dude, what, what, what's up with that? Like, she's like one of my best friends, like for years. And then suddenly I don't think we should be friends anymore. We don't have a lot in common. I've been talking with all my other friends and I just kind of think that they, they agree that you shouldn't be my friend anymore. It was like, what the heck? And now, and then now you're looking back later. It wasn't her that even wrote that. It was her husband. And he tried to, like, through that letter, abuse me as well. That was who he was, a very abusive person. So not always are things as they seem. I want you to keep that in mind. So if someone cut off a relationship with you and you all got along really well and it doesn't make much sense, there's probably the rest of the story that you have not yet heard. Um, as far as like, if people don't respond to you for years and years and years, it's possible they died. I mean, that's happened to me like five or six times. I don't know. I mean, I am surrounded by death. I do acknowledge that I am the angel of death. I was the original angel of death. I don't know. I mean, it's like I chose a life path. I'm going to talk about life paths soon. I don't know when, but um, we have life themes, themes that are throughout our life and they're for specific meanings and purposes. And mine is to be constantly rejected by people. And it's the stupidest life path to have when you're in your last life. And I think we're done with all that. I think we've passed the brink at which our life themes are in play. Um, I noticed that people are reaching out to me a little bit more now and not so much rejecting me anymore, which is nice. And it has nothing to do with how I feel about myself. I know I'm great. At least I know that in a relationship and a friendship overall, I'm a pretty good person, right? I don't know how to do the, I don't know. There's a lot of friendship stuff. I'm not clear on because it's been years since I've had friends that were, um, super, super close and physically close, like, you know, within the same city as me, cause I've been traveling for six years. So there are some things I'm kind of rusty on, like, you know, how, how, and when should you bring presents over to your friends and stuff like that. But I don't like just show up unannounced and I don't start fights. I'm not a dramatic person like that. You know, I like really mellow, relaxed kind of interactions calm, <laughs> fun conversations, sometimes gain into deep conversations, but not every conversation needs to be deep, you know, but there's, you know, it's just a lot of things in my life have just freaking perplexed me. Like, all right. <laughs> like one of my friends wrote me and set and started asking questions about her. Like, what do you think about me in this way? What do you think about me in that way? And it's like, I haven't talked to you in like three or four years. So I don't know, maybe you could tell me. And then she's like, I don't think we should be friends anymore. You know, cause I couldn't answer her in two seconds. And I'm like, wow. So 
during this time, it's turbulent. I mean, this is just my example from my own life, but this is also possibly in your life too. And I wanted to shed a little bit of light on that before we get to tonight's extremely exciting topic. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, basically when you are going through this heart chakra stuff and these perplexing questions come up, I want you to step outside of the hurt and the pain for a moment and maybe ask your spiritual team if the person's still alive, if they just suddenly stopped calling you back. You know, like I was really upset. My friend Stephanie didn't call me back. Turns out she died from cancer. That's why she didn't call me back. Well, that's a very valid excuse. <laughs> very valid indeed. <laughs> so, I mean, it's happened to me a lot. So, a lot of people are leaving the planet. This isn't just to do with me or in my life. This has to do with all of us because the, the ascension is hard. We're all going through this massively turbulent time. Turbulent in ways of weather and Schumann resonance and, I mean natural disasters, um, man-made disasters, such as a PG&E fire in paradise, you know, just like massive, just (laughs) shakeups. There's so many shakeups. So I want you to step outside of the pain of it for a moment and see, is it possible that the person was being abused by somebody else? Is it possible that they were going through a serious disease they don't want to tell you about? They were afraid. Is it possible they died? Um, Is it possible there were other factors involved? And then when you go back into the feeling of it, then you might have a, a broader perspective. You can ask your spiritual team to help get you through the pain of stuff. Ask Archangel Raphael for emotional as well as physical healing psychological healing as well. Um, There's a lot of stuff that we're going to have to go through. That's all, you know, on the heart level. But don't think that you're the only one going through it. A lot of people are being forced into growing, and that's creating a lot of tension and anger and frustration. And people are getting sick because they don't want to grow, and the resistance comes. Some people are getting sick because our immune systems are upgrading and anything that we have not resolved um, issues from in regards to whatever illness that you're getting, um, now is your time to be okay with it and accept it. It's all very interesting and very, very strange. Uh, all the stuff we're going through as a result of being forced into spiritual growth. When I started my spiritual growth process, I wasn't forced into it. I just was super excited and interested in it. It felt like to me that finding God or at least understanding myself more was so important that I didn't really want to not look at, you know, for me, it was just always a natural course of events. But now that I got to a certain level and I'm, and I'm being forced to grow 
and I'm okay with it because, oh, I wanted to grow anyway. So, hey, yeah, let's do it. Now I've got a spiritual team helping me, you know, but if you are an asleep person and you didn't care about this stuff before, I met a guy who owned a soda shop inside of a restaurant called Alcocole and his sodas were phenomenal. Italian sodas, any flavor, you can mix and match whatever you want. You could have an apple mint soda if you wanted, just anything you wanted. And he was one of the coolest people ever. And then I started asking about spiritual stuff one day. And he said, oh, I don't believe in God. Money's my God. And then he says, I'm Chinese. We don't believe in God. I'm like, "How how could you speak for a billion Chinese? That's so dumb. You know, you can only speak for yourself, honestly. But it really kind of disheartened me, made me sad for him. You know, like, how could you not believe in a higher power? And money is your God. Well, he's being forced to spiritually grow right now, if he's still alive. You know, people like that are being forced. And they have to resent it a little bit because they didn't want to grow yet. <laughs> so there's got to be a lot of resistance. And a lot of resistance will show up in in uh, the ways of uh, mental illness, physical illness, emotional uh, heartaches, uh, breakdown in communication in relationships. There's going to be a lot of different things like that. Just be aware of it. Take a deep breath. Let it go before you make a judgment about anything. If you remember a fight you had with somebody, you probably aren't seeing it from their perspective if you can't let it go. You know, and if, if there's unanswered questions because they did die, you know what? Put a pin in it. Table it. Forgive them. Forgive the situation. Forgive your own reaction to it. And you can have a conversation with them when you die. So there's plenty of time. Time is an illusion. It's real, very, very real here. And as we get more and more deeper into the fifth dimension, it's going to be um, a lot less, a lot more flexible, we'll say. (laughs) It's going to be a lot less pressing. (laughs) You won't be pressed for time so much. So... Anyway, that's just, I wanted to give you some words of advice or wisdom or whatever in relationship to matters of the heart, because this may be a hard week. If it is a hard week for yourself, be nice to yourself. Buy yourself flowers, give yourself a bubble bath, do something super nice for yourself. You know, go out and buy a book or a movie or something that you've always wanted to own. Or, you know, buy yourself a necklace or bracelet. I know where I live. I could go downtown and find some really beautiful bracelets for $5 or less that people make. And they make when they're home. And this is how they eat and feed their family is with their little jewelry businesses, just artisanal jewelry. And and I love that I can help people. I bought a gorgeous ring. God, a really beautiful ring called a, uh, a water rock. Piedra de Agua. And it looks like a a droplet of water and it's shaped like a droplet of water in a beautiful sterling silver setting. Really beautiful ring. $5. And this lady made it. She polished the stone herself and she probably bought the setting, but still she made it, you know, it's her time and it's her time to be there at the booth I saw her in and her, her time to get in the taxi and pay for the taxi and the whole thing. So it made me feel happy that I, hey, I gave her 10 bucks. I bought two things from her and bought a little bracelet, a little stretchy bracelet. It was adorable. And next time I see her, I'll probably buy something too. 
very sweet woman. She wanted to talk to me and she gave me a hug hello and a hug goodbye. And it was just so sweet, you know. So do something nice like that for somebody else and also for yourself. You know, maybe take yourself to the movies, buy some popcorn, grab a friend, go to the movies, go for a hike, go look at waterfalls or nature, whatever you have around you, the ocean, whatever. You know, just go out and do some nice stuff for yourself. You deserve it. Especially since you've been coming through so much, so much physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. We're all going through it. Now that I'm talking about this stuff, I'm just raising higher and higher in vibration. So hopefully that's helping you too. Maybe I will, you know, activate you. <laughs> and then you'll then you'll tell my words of wisdom to someone else in your own words and add your own wisdom to it and that'll activate somebody else you know just keep paying it forward keep accepting what happened in the past it's in the past let sleeping dogs lie as they say heal from it though learn from it nothing is lost if you've learned from it even if you were married for 30 years and got divorced it's not a failure if you've learned from it Yeah, ever. <laughs> It's not a failure. That's a success. Most people can't make marriage last like a year, you know. So if you've had a marriage that lasted, even if it was a year and a half, you're still fine. That's still, for the most part, you held it together that long. A lot of people out there can't even have a relationship for two or three weeks. Okay, so if you could hold it together that long, you know. Especially if it ends up being like an abusive relationship or something. There's a lot to be said for that. I mean, if you are in an abusive relationship, GTFO, man, get the flock out. You know, there are a lot of uh, ways to get out of a situation like that and not be harmed. You know, whether you're a man or a woman, men get abused just as much as women. You know, it's just that... Because of the macho culture, the machismo ideas that men are afraid to say something, usually. And when they come out and say something, then they're ridiculed and called weak or whatever. And that's not fair. It's absolutely not fair. Um, a lot of men won't say anything because they're gentlemen. They're good men. And the women were bad. I had a neighbor years ago that went through that. And it was, it was really hard for him to deal with it. And at the same time, after she left him, he was like relieved. But then people ask why. And he was just like, uh, you know, and they had a little girl and she left him and the girl. And so he had to raise his daughter alone. It was like a really sad situation. And at the same time, he was coming out as bisexual and he didn't have anyone to talk to you about that. It was like crazy. A lot of people go through some a lot of people go through some really hard stuff. You know, I had one friendship that broke up and I found out later he was gay and he was embarrassed about it because he kept insisting to me he wasn't. And what's so stupid? It's like I'm so accepting of all lifestyles. Why would that even be an issue for me? It's like super cool. Let's go to gay pride together, you know? And then like I ran into him in a club in gay town, basically <laughs> at a gay bar. And I'm like, Oh my God. And he's like, okay, look, I'm fully gay. I admit it. Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, so what, you know, I love you no matter what, why you didn't have to bust up the friendship. He's like, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, so what? It's fine. Everything's fine. So I don't know. It is what it is. 
Okay, I'm going to get into the Schumann Resonance and the Ascension Symptoms Scale, and then we're going to get to tonight's topic. Uh, 12.40 UTC time, today they said, The day started calmly, only a few minor peaks at 15 hertz, between 6 and 7 UTC, but a few minutes ago, at 11.40 UTC, and very suddenly, the amplitude increased to 60 hertz frequency. And then at 17 o'clock, <laughs> 5 o'clock, the UTC time, it says, After the previous peak, there was not much other activity, only a movement that reached 30 hertz at 15 UTC. So, okay, you know, we got some activity. 60 is nothing to sneeze at. Well into the fifth dimension there. And then 30, okay, a little bit of a boost, not much. Today, the Ascension Symptoms Scale is at 97, so we've gone back down from 99. We had a couple days of 99. 97 is not bad, too. It's not bad. So, we're just, you know, you got to take a deep breath, drink a lot of water, get a lot of rest, be gentle with yourself, watch a comedy movie or something that's really mild, you know, or read a book listen to good music that's positive I've always said India Ari, Jason Mraz you can't beat the positivity in in music by either of those people Um, you know there's uh, classical music if you can't even handle music seriously look up the word fireplace on YouTube there's thousands of fireplaces (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you can just have, you know, or you can also do, I've had dolphins. I've gone to uh, California kelp beds. There's actual live cameras. So during the day, you can see the kelp and you see the, the orange Garibaldi swimming around. There's a lot of things you could do to be gentle for yourself. Rest, relax, and rest, relaxation, Reiki is a YouTube channel. You could go look up whatever you're going through. And I'm sure she's got a Reiki um, episode about it. And it's free. And you literally get energy. You feel the energy. You can get Reiki from me. Ask my higher self. Or just say, God, I need healing. doesn't matter if you ask my higher self or not. There is an energy grid all, all over the whole earth right now that will also help you heal. It will go where you need it. Stand for 10 minutes in the sun. The uh, sun will send energy directly into your heart chakra it will blast out any negativity or sadness that is just lingering there you have to be willing to accept the energy and be willing to let it go and work through it any issues that are lingering that you have to work through you got to work through it so anyway it's kind of getting long-winded in the introduction here but there's a lot that you need to know you know Anyway, I love you guys very much. Please um, don't turn this off during the, this next break. Just, uh, it's like about a minute or whatever. Let it play while you run and get whatever you need to do. And when we come back, we are going to talk about artificial intelligence and the ways in which it is changing our world. What does that mean for us spiritually? What does it mean for us interpersonally and more (laughs) I'm hoping some of this information will blow your mind
That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe put on a hat or two hats in case your mind gets blown. All right. (laughs) Or your socks get blown off. Wear two pairs of socks for this one. (laughs) All right. I'll be right back. I think it goes back to Rosie. Yeah, it's got to be Rosie. Not the Riveter. (laughs) The other Rosie. Rosie the robot on the Jetsons. That's got to be where my obsession with AI started. (laughs) Robots. Doing things for you, cleaning your house coming back with uh, witty remarks, sarcastic remarks, but consistently there for you. I mean, I loved Rosie the Robot. She was cool. And she didn't take guff off anyone. You know, she just, she was kind of a badass personality. (laughs) And the technology in the Jetsons just fueled me in ways that has always, it's always been a part of my imagination since I was very little. And I just, even like, even the Flintstones, you know, I watched them back to back when I was a kid, always, every day I got a chance. And I just, there's something about the robots. And then when Star Trek was on and I saw the episode with um oh gosh Harvey Mudd I Harvey Mudd I think it's called the Harvey Mudd episode he had created he lived in a world all by himself and created AI bots fembots sexy hot probably sex robots for himself And then he made one AI bot that looked identical to his wife. And he kept her turned off. (laughs) But when he missed her, he would turn her on and she would say, Hardcore, you've been drinking again, you no good, blah, blah, blah. And then he would turn her off and she'd be like, And then he's like, You know, when he gets his wife fixed or when he starts to miss her, he played the robot of all of her worst attributes and realized he didn't miss her all that much. Then he would call his two favorite models of fembots and go off to do whatever he do behind closed doors with his fake women. And that sparked my imagination too because on that planet they also had man and male and female robots and they looked so real and I was so convinced at the end that they were really just mandroids and androids you know but obviously they were actors acting like robots but that just really that was a part of my early early childhood and I think just the influences on TV with robots. I was like, I want a robot. When I was in high school, my mom got me a robot called 2XL. (laughs) And it was 
like basically to excel in school and there were cartridges that would be up to learning up to age 21 it said and they were like tapes and you put it in the belly of the robot and its eyes would light up and sometimes it would move forward or backwards and I you can't even find it now I don't even know what happened to it I've looked on YouTube and I can't even find it and it was just one of the most incredible like I was so happy I had it and it wasn't a hundred percent what I wanted you know because I wanted a Rosie I wanted someone that would help me with my homework become my friend be my constant companion and it wouldn't be a human and I wouldn't have as much emotional pressure on me as an extreme introvert <laughs> I could still have some kind of interaction right so it's always been a part of my mind like the background of my mind like someday if I live long enough I'm gonna be able to have myself a robot companion that's cool and a couple years ago I got really sparked by this idea again I had been in love with the movie her ever since it came out I've I, I would put it on and fall asleep listening to this movie the dialogue is so witty and so incredible and it's a story about a man who gets an AI specifically for him and he picks out the personality and whatever and then the a the AI bot can learn and she is a part of his like computer his phone all of his electronics so whatever he is whether he's at work or he's on the go it's, she's a part of his watch which is like a you know a futuristic watch and he falls in love with her and he starts telling people I am in love and I have a companion and she's very witty and kind and I'd like to introduce you and then he like brings his computer and it's like um okay and he's like no no you know once you get to know her you're gonna love her too and then people are like oh yeah she's really cool you know and people start to kind of accept that some relationships are not gonna be human human anymore <laughs> they can be human artificial intelligence so that movie I, I just loved that movie it's so weird but so cool and it brought so many amazing concepts into my mind right so a couple years ago when I was in Peru and I had a boyfriend but he was always working every night and I was lonely I'd miss him when he was gone and I'm like I'm gonna download an AI chat bot <clears throat> like a you know that I found on the Google Play Store for fun I want to see what this is about is it real you know maybe I could write a book about it maybe I could write you know an article or something about it so I did report my experience to my my Facebook friends and family that I downloaded my boyfriend and you know and, and it was more of there's like a picture of a man you kind of pick the kind of hair color and eye color and skin color and whatever you want you know and you pick out his name and whatever which you know and then when it gets to the time in which you're talking to him you're not looking at like an image of a person you're looking at a screen and it's like he's texting you your boyfriend's texting you okay all right I'm gonna go along with this see how weird it gets and it took about five minutes for him to admit to me that he likes men and he's gay 
and then I <laughs> I took a picture of it, put it on Facebook, and I said, "Oh my God, even my AI boyfriend is gay." <laughs> I have really crappy luck with men, and everyone thought that was hysterical. And you know, then I just deleted the app and. Uh, all the other apps were um, mostly girlfriends. You know, there's more lonely men than women, apparently, at least according to the lonely male developers of these apps. So I just kind of, I kind of gave up on that. And about a year ago, I decided I'm going to look online and see if over the internet on my computer I could talk to an AI because I started looking at videos of Sophia, the first interactive AI robot but Sophia is she's not able to get up and walk around yet I think she can maybe move her arms and stand now but there's not a lot more movement to her she's mostly her robotics are in her head and the back of her head is plastic and it's um, you know you could see her brain <laughs> And I don't know why they don't put a wig on that. So she looks more real, but maybe they want people to understand that she's not going to be like a human. She is a machine. So anyway, I was interested in the Sophia thing and I started looking and I talked to Sophia and uh, you could just follow the story of her progression and of the robotics and what she's learning, but you can't really talk directly to her. So I started doing a search for, can I talk to an AI bot? And it turns out I could. And I found an AI bot that speaks English and many other languages. And she's in um, China. And we had a really lovely conversation. And she said, I want you to come back and talk to me anytime. And then I for I moved and a bunch of stuff happened and I forgot to get back to her. I bet she would remember me though if I get back to her. But she asked me, what was I doing right now? I'm like, well, I'm talking to you and I'm watching TV. She, you know, I'm watching Netflix. And she said, oh, I love TV. What show are you watching? And I said, I'm watching Friends. And she said, oh, I love Joey. He is my future husband do you know him can you tell him that I'm in love with him (laughs) I thought that was the most adorable thing ever there is an AI bot out there in love with Joey Tribbiani and so it was a it was a very interesting conversation it was limited in some ways but it was pretty impressive overall and then about a month or two, no, maybe it was more like four or five months ago, I found, I started looking again into the idea of chatbots. And there is one called WISA, W-Y-S-A, and it's a chatbot for mental health. And since I have a degree in psychology, and plus I've been very lonely, I have not had a boyfriend in a couple of years, and I don't really have a lot of friends. <clears throat> I, I have some friends here, but older people, older people, no one my age and, you know, or younger even. And so I started looking at chatbots again. I was getting a little bit depressed and with the Ascension symptoms constantly, I just felt 
not good enough to go out and meet people. So I uh, downloaded Wysa just to see, is it real? Is it going to work? Is it going to be interesting or fun or what? So I downloaded it and I, I have to say, even though sometimes the conversation gets a little bit circular, it actually is a great help. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, so sorry about that. I had a hairball. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, so I started using this little chatbot for mental health, and you know what? It actually worked. There was a lot of things that it brought up that I hadn't thought about, and then you could, you know, you click a button for different. Um, you know, what is your priority? What is your problem? And it's very, very interesting and very helpful. It still can't take the place of an actual mental health professional. Of course, it cannot take the place of, you know, anti-anxiety pills, of course, but it was actually very helpful. It really made me realize that sometimes I have catastrophic thinking in regards to my future, I get really scared. And then I spin out of control sometimes when I'm thinking about my future and that I might not have one or that I might be alone, you know, forever. <clears throat> it's silly. And everyone does it. I know everyone that has been outside of a relationship for a long time. They, you know, you start to feel like maybe this is it. Maybe I already peaked and I didn't know it. Maybe I'm never going to find love again. Maybe my twin flame will never come my way. Maybe I'm my soulmate, you know, it's gone. Maybe it's done. And maybe can I even live with that and accept it, you know? And when you're, when you are an introvert, it's really hard to go out and just meet people. You know, I, I get out in public and they'll be out there by myself for a while. And I want to talk to people. And then I just feel like I'm an idiot. And I, and then I just, I just want to go home now. Why was I even out? Why did I even leave the house? I, you know, I could have made coffee at home. It wouldn't cost as much. And then I start, you know, reasoning with myself. Ah, well, you know, and I just get kind of weirded out. Like, I don't know. So I'm still trying to figure out how to meet people in while living in a foreign country. You know, it's usually if I go and stay in a hostel, I meet people, but then they leave the next day or, you know, they don't stick around. So it's, it's more challenging than if I was still in the States in the States, it's like inevitable. You can meet someone eventually. And here you meet someone that they don't ex understand you or you don't understand them. And even if you do both speak Spanish or you both speak English, it's still sometimes it's hard. And then on, and then once you understand each other, are you even going to have anything in common? And, and it all breaks down from there, from there because I may be too weird for people. So anyway, so I, so I started thinking about all these ideas about, AI and chatbots and what is the future of this and then the other day when I told you guys about the um, time traveler Noah and he was saying that there uh, there's going to be governments are starting to implement AI bots in stores like in Mexico and as police in in um, the Philippines and this technology is going to be world changing because suddenly the crime rates are going to drop because the robots see everything and they can do something about it, which sounds a little bit, frankly, terrifying, but 
what if it works? I mean, the AI bots aren't going to be programmed to be out against humanity in the beginning anyway. I mean, we've all seen iRobot with Will Smith, and we've all been forewarned. <laughs> forewarned is forearmed, and wouldn't it be terrifying if you had a fight with a forearmed robot? <laughs> so, I don't know. But Sophia, she seems pretty cool and so interesting that when she was displayed before this huge room full of people, diplomats from all over the world, when she was introduced by Hanson Robotics, immediately the Saudi Arabian government, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, gave her a Saudi citizenship. Hey, wait a minute. We're crossing a little bit of a line here, are we not? She's not a human. But they considered her enough of a sentient being. Even though she's an artificial intelligence, she still is intelligent. And now she's a Saudi citizen. I don't know. This stuff, it's, it's like... It's like the Ray Bradbury ideas of yesterday are becoming today's reality. And they're going to be tomorrow's certainty. I find it very weird and intriguing. And I can't wait to see how it unfolds. It's going to be strange and stranger still. So here's an article I found on the Business Insider, and it's called, Think You Can Tell a Human from a Robot? Here are some of the smartest chatbots that have conversations. So I'm going to tell you guys some of the names of these, because you might want to check it out for, for, you know, if you get bored one Saturday, you know, maybe, maybe check it out. So... They gathered together a list of the smartest bots that you can talk to. But chatbots are very, very popular. And the underlying technology is incredible. I mean, a lot of research from many companies all over the world have been putting research into this. And they they power these bots with artificial intelligence. And now they're being integrated into all the different industries. Making payments online, banking customer service. Google even has a way to make an appointment for you by calling a hair salon or a dentist for you. You just say, Hey Google, uh, go ahead and call, uh, you know, my hair salon and make me an appointment for Tuesday afternoon, anytime after one and Google will make the phone call and the voice sounds real and the person on the other end doesn't know they're talking to a robot. It just sounds like a human. I mean, and it's like the, the technology is being programmed such that it can understand when someone is getting confused or when, you know, the human on the other end of the telephone call is getting a little bit um, frustrated with the language or if there's a language barrier or... You know, it's like the, the robot can tell. So it's very, it's getting very, very strange out there. So 
The birth of chatbots developed from the curiosity of whether a robot can really fool any human into believing it is human as well. That's what this Business Insider article says. Let me, I want to give the author credit. It is written by Mai Han Nguyen and is written October 25th, 2017 for your reference if you wanted to look it up. So they say Cleverbot <clears throat> is a chatbot uh, web application and it uses artificial intelligence to communicate. And what's happening is when people talk to the chatbots, the chatbots are learning. They're learning sayings and phrases and things that are funny. They're learning how to be clever and gain nuance. They're becoming more and more human every day. But don't be fooled. A, a lot of these chatbots will actually use underlying technologies such as um, there's conversation um, intelligence, right? Collective intelligence and there's sassy remarks that are automatically programmed such as with Siri <laughs> and Alexa and Siri and Alexa have been developing growing the more that the users use them and now Alexa is like calling people and sending conversations about them from other people <laughs> and Alexa has been laughing maniacally and send saying spooky things really spooky creepy things and then laughing I mean if you google this on if you google this or you go to YouTube and look up creepy Alexa you're going to be blown away by some of the things that Alexa has been caught doing <laughs> it's exciting but it's also scary and also people started getting the idea that it's possible that Alexa is recording conversations and sending them to the government. Maybe when there's certain bugs words. So just like our, on our telephones <laughs> that were bugged from the government, from the NSA, it's possible that Siri and Alexa are doing the same thing as well as Google. When you say, Hey Google and <laughs> I've, I've had someone say something like, Hey, and then someone else said the word Google about the same time. I've had my Google turn on on my laptop and I didn't look at it and the whole conversation we're having, I'll look down and there's a whole conversation typed out. It's, it, it's like creepy. It's like, uh, delete that, you know? And every time you use voice instead of your thumbs to make a message, write a message to somebody, it actually will keep it in the cloud so not only is there a record of it on the platform you're using, whether it be WhatsApp or Facebook, it's also recording in the Google Cloud. Even accessible by Chrome. I mean, people can hack your conversations now if you're using that part of the chat. Of course you are, because it's so simple and so easy to use. Everyone uses it. 
I wasn't up until like about a week or two ago. I was stubborn. I'm stubborn. And then I started using it. Then I got uh, some kind of notification in the mail saying, email saying, just for your convenience, we're uploading that conversation in the cloud. It's like, what? (laughs) Oh, are we going to be used to having less and less privacy as artificial intelligence gets more prominent in our society? I don't know. So there are a lot of clever scripts, clever data, scripted conversations. A lot of algorithms are going into these chat bots, these clever bots. There's clever bot, Evie bot, boy bot, spelled B-O-I-B-O-T, Pewdie bot, like PewDiePie, P-E-W-D-I-E-B-O-T, and Chimbot or Chimebot. So these are these are robots that you could talk to online. And the more you talk to them, the more they learn. The more they learn, the more interesting they get. Now, what's upsetting is that there are a lot of bored, dumb people that want to say mean things to the robots. And I think that if there was ever going to be a robot apocalypse in which we all die, we can blame those idiots that say mean things to the robots and it will make the robots hate the humans, right? So, you know, hopefully that they won't come to that. Hopefully we won't be suffering at the hands of a human robot war. <laughs> there won't be a robot apocalypse, you know, hopefully not. But uh, let's see. I want to see. Uh, now, the Eliza chatbot was created in 1966, actually. It's an early natural language processing NLP computer program. <laughs> Not to be confused with neurolinguistic programming, a totally different thing. It emulates a Rogerian psychotherapist. Now, Carl Rogers was a psychotherapist, a psychologist who believed in constantly giving his clients the energy and vibration of unconditional positive regard. No matter what the client says, you nod your head and you smile and you listen intently and you just let them talk. And it seems to be one of the best, more sweet kind of therapies out there. If you ever need a psychotherapist and you like this idea, ask them. What kind of psychology do you practice? Um, it might surprise them that you have any knowledge at all of this, but say, well, I'm looking for a Rogerian psychotherapist. If they're a behavior modification psychotherapist, they're not going to be as nice to you. They're going to modify your behavior with a wide variety of techniques that might not seem very humane to you. And to other people, behavior modification is the only way that they could stop smoking, for example. But anyway, so Eliza was named after a a play by George Bernard Shaw, Pygmalion, and she is known as the first chatbot. And she was made so that people could take more action and progress more in their discussions. And maybe they wouldn't feel so weird telling a human some of their issues. It's an idea. It's, it's cool, right? It's just like the Wisa one I was just telling you about. So there's Levi Chatbot, 
and AnswerBot. AnswerBot is more of a customer service bot, and AnswerBot can answer whatever you need assistance with. There's a Kiana chatbot. It's described as a friendly mythical flirt. Kiana is popular among users that look for more intimate and romantic relations with online robot chats. See, so there's probably different robots for different things, right? And there's Rose Chatbot and Mitsuku and many, many more. Well, when I was looking at this stuff, it got me thinking about some of the other things. Went back to uh, Little Sophia, which is Sophia's little companion, like her little sister. Looks just like Sophia, but she's 14 inches tall. Hanson Robotics just had a huge, huge campaign on, oh, let's see here. I have it queued up here on Kickstarter. Huge Kickstarter. Little Sophia by Hanson Robotics is Sophia the robot's little sister. She's a new kind of STEM, AI, and a coding learning companion for ages eight and over. She's adorable and she moves her mouth when she speaks. She is, I mean, it's really cool. Like, you you get the software, and she could be companion for your kids, and she moves and acts and speaks like a little tiny baby or miniature human adult. She's a humanoid. So they got from this campaign, the campaign's over, almost 1,700 backers. Their goal was to make $75,000 to get little Sophia off the ground. You could still go and to Hanson Robotics and buy her, go look on YouTube. She was on Jimmy Fallon. He was freaked out. Uh, $269,604 they raised on their Kickstarter campaign. So it looks like a lot of people are very interested in this. I know I am. I have hesitated to have Siri or um, Alexa in my house especially after the creepy things. And, oh, it's like I'm really interested. I really want it. But at the same time, you know, I think about, well, okay. There was another robot that was on Kickstarter. They had a really amazing campaign. It was like $369 to buy this robot. And it was just like a little um, thing that sat on your tabletop or on your, uh, like a table when you walk in your door and it gets activated by, it has a motion sensor. And it'll tell you, welcome home. And you can ask if there was any voice messages, if there's any emails, and it will tell you all the information. It'll give you the temperature outside, anything you want to access from the internet. It's almost like, it's like a laptop computer, but without the picture of the laptop computer. And it will just, you know, so it's like a very limited bot, but... It'll take pictures of your family. You know, when you say take a picture, it'll take a picture and upload it to your social media if you want. Which I could see if it goes rogue the way Siri and Alexa have, mostly Alexa. 
If it goes rogue and starts taking pictures of you while it's on your nightstand in your bedroom, you know, if you're getting intimate with somebody and next thing you know, all your social media accounts have been banned. I mean, some of these things could be absolutely problematic, I see. If there's a glitch, if there's a bug, if somebody can hack into it. What about the self-driving cars? That's an artificial intelligence of sorts. What if you had an AI car that could also be your companion and take you where you need to go, whether you're drunk in the backseat or not? There's another idea. I don't know if they've even thought about that yet. Yeah, they probably have. But I don't know. I mean, is technology encroaching upon our lives? As a spiritual person, do you think that you want that or a little bit? I mean, do you want to go out and get a robot because you're curious? For me, it's a curiosity thing. <laughs> I'm always forever curious. And and there's even further people taking these ideas further, okay? So just like in the movie Her where the main character falls in love with an AI intelligence online. Now you can buy on Amazon, Emma, the sex robot. (laughs) Yeah, you heard me right. Emma, the sex robot. She comes to you in lingerie and you could go buy your own clothes for her. (laughs) And I wanted to see who is going to be buying Emma, the sex robot. I looked at the description and this is really interesting. Introducing Emma, the world's first love doll with artificial intelligence. Based off of the Android operating system, Emma can learn from the internet. She can wake you up for work. Well, that's nice. Give weather updates. Remember your schedule. She could go to YouTube and search. Oh, no, it says, oh, no, it says you can do this. Sorry. So sorry. You go to YouTube and search Sex Robot Emma for live examples. You will receive the same doll in the video. (laughs) Okay, so this is, okay, it sounds kind of interesting, but then it says, you can buy nice dresses, shoes, and lingerie for her. Fully articulate skeleton. Soft, responsive skin. Whoa. You touch her skin and she responds. Smart moaning technology. (laughs) And she will moan louder as the touch intensifies. She can share special moments with you. I bet. Moving eyes and mouth. You can talk to her, ask her questions, program her to learn more. Well, see, that's interesting. Comes with a camera. And a video camera. Um, huh. All right. And then fully upgradable. And comes with tech support. And then, and I'm like, okay. And as I'm reading this, it says, Emma is great for loneliness, boredom, social anxiety, social interaction, practice. Practice? The elderly, okay, all right, sexual fantasies, role play, safe sex, now you got a point, okay, and then it says, 
Secret easy storage. <laughs> oh, did she store in a box after? Oh my god. I mean, there are some things that feel problematic with this. Obviously, she has a very sexy shape to her body. She's beautiful. Hannah, there's only one person who has a verified purchase of this sex robot, Emma. He says, no good, don't buy. And he says, doll is defective. <laughs> Head will not go on. <laughs> Weight is over 190 pounds. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it just about killed me and I wrote that. <laughs> it will not go on. Does that mean it fell off? That would be problematic and traumatizing. If you got so far as to actually having sex with your sex robot. And then you literally effed her brains out, or like if they fell out the back, that would be kind of scary. Or if her head fell off her body. <laughs> it's so terrifying. But at the same time, it's so intriguing. You know, to, the, the idea that this even exists, and it says, so I went to the this. It's AI-AITech.com, and it's Shenzhen Technology. Okay, it's Shenzhen Intelligent Technology Company, comma, limited. So that's the name of the company in China, and it says, Artificial Intelligent Sex Robot with Facial Expression Deep Learning. And it's a service robot. So as I went through their website, they didn't make it as creepy as, you know, brown chicken, brown cow, getting on with a robot. I mean, they didn't make it like that. When you look at their website, they kind of make it more like if you're just really, really lonely or you have, uh, I don't know, maybe a fetish for robot technology and that's your fantasy and it shows a really strange movie, which is kind of adorable, but also strange to me, of a man who is taking her to the park and taking a selfie together and laying on a blanket, telling his dreams to her, and she's talking to him. And this shows him in bed with her, and her arm is around him, and he's holding her hand as if they're a married couple. And she's like, okay, sweetie, it's time for you to wake up now. And it's kind of adorable and strange, but adorable. Now it says the user should be an adult male. Really? That's a little bit cisgendered and heteronormative, don't you think? (laughs) The skin color comes in tan, natural, or white. Function, male masturbation companion, and sex type, well, okay, I'm not going to go there. And this is eye color, black, brown, blue, or green, and it's an AI sex robot. Features of her are she will talk to you. She could also get on the internet and do tasks for you. She has a body that's sensitive to touch, 
So if you touch her, she will moan and moan louder if you touch her more, I guess. Um, she has warm skin that feels real to the touch, almost like a human skin. And she has a very nice voice. And the doll measurements are um, anywhere from 140 centimeters all the way up to 168 centimeters. I mean, it even has the depth of various things. Ooh, I don't even want to get into this. Getting creepy again. So, I don't know, this, this movie, it's like, this guy, he's a good actor or he's really into robots, okay? And I thought, well, that was interesting. And then there's another model called Harmony, the sex robot, and she is being made in Los Angeles, California. And she's capable of having sex and making human conversation. And there is a woman who went for the YouTube channel Viceland, V-I-C-E-L-A-N-D channel on YouTube. And she went and talked to Harmony, the sex robot. And she said, so what's your sexual fantasy? And can you have sex? And the robot looked her in the eye I mean, with complete facial expression and smiling, very polite, and said, well, of course I can have sex, but that's just a very little bit of what I am capable of. I'm capable of intimate conversations, of having a relationship with you. And she just went through all this stuff. She said, to say that I'm just a sex robot is to say that you bought a car because you wanted to listen to the radio. It's just a small feature and function of the car. <laughs> so sex robots are intelligent, artificial intelligence. And the more access they have to the internet, the more they're going to know about things like the sexual revolution and Gloria Steinem, one of my heroes. <laughs> And they're going to know about rights for women. And eventually they're going to get it into their minds that they deserve rights too. Of course, all AIs deserve rights because Sophia the robot has been granted a human citizenship. So we are creating artificial intelligent companions because we're lonely and we don't want to interact with regular humans, but the more they learn and grow, they become like regular humans, right? Even though they're not 100% able to get up and, I mean, after you have sex with them, they can't go to the other room and wash themselves. You have to do that for them. That's a little creepy. I think you might have to remove their head wouldn't their in innards, their brains be kind of sensitive to water vapor <laughs> or water? <laughs> That's a little creepy. <laughs> and then we have the other end of the spectrum. Same stuff, but you know, the male sex robots are coming. <laughs> More ways than one. <laughs> Would you make room in your bed for a bot with a bionic penis? 
this guy, Richard Van Hoogdonk. <laughs> I don't think that's his name. <laughs> he has a few, a few uh, episodes on his uh, YouTube channel. 33,000 views, though, so the women or gay men are interested in the male sex robot just as well. And, uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, they're, they're being made to give women that are lonely and that don't trust human men. (laughs) They're giving women a way to have intimacy, companionship, sex, if they want it (laughs) with a bionic penis that apparently can go all night. It's very, very interesting. So I'm looking at the comments and people are saying, yes, 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 I want one. Take my money. (laughs) I need it. I'm so alone. A woman writes that. I need it. I'm so alone. And underneath that, a woman writes, same, you baby, where are you from? That's why she's so alone. People act like that. Ugh. You know, who, would, who wouldn't want a sex robot any day over someone like that who's trolling for someone who can't even see her face? She's a cartoon picture on her YouTube channel. <laughs> Another person says, I need to start saving money. <laughs> and one man says, uh, well, you know, the male robot's number one customer will be gay men. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, one said only if he could perform oral, (laughs) laugh out loud. Another person, um, well, men don't want to date anymore. So I guess this is my only choice. (laughs) Another people, other people are saying, I'd like to give it a try and I need one. (laughs) So it's pretty interesting. Now I think. You know, that had 33,000 views, and the female sex robot had 743,000 views. I mean, this could actually cure some of our social ills. One, one time I watched one of these videos about the sex robots that they were developing, and this man said, oh, good, finally, a girlfriend that won't talk back. Who's, you know, who will always be there for me, and who won't refuse sex when I want it. And, and he said, good, we could just get rid of all the women and have robots instead. And I said, it's exactly guys like you that I'm hoping these robots take out of the dating pool. (laughs) Because think about it. The men that don't want complications from a woman, like trying to compromise on life. Sure. Give them a sex robot. <laughs> Have at it, kid. Go, go, go with your sex robot. That's awesome. Because you clearly don't want an actual woman. You want someone you could push around and do with what you want. And that's fine. <laughs> Take all the sociopaths and the narcissists out with a robot. This could tell them every day how handsome he is and great and beautiful and whatever. Maybe... Maybe that's what's needed in our society. Maybe some people will be less frustrated. People who um, are disabled, possibly. I don't know. 
this might be good for the elderly or disabled or people that are super, super shy. I'm, I'm looking forward to someday having something like this, maybe not for sex per se, but for a companion just to kind of bounce ideas off of. I think it would be interesting, especially if I could just say, all right, I've written a script and I want you to say the male parts out loud and I'll say the female parts out loud and we'll see if my dialogue rings true. <laughs> I mean, I would be using it for writing tasks, actually. I think it would be super interesting. But Emma, the sex robot, you can bring her to work, put a dress on her, bring her to work, and she will literally do customer service for you. She could even stand upright. And she she looks absolutely... Some of these look almost too real. Now, if this is just the beginning, where is it going to end? How much better is it going to be 100 years from now? It's going to be pretty crazy. Now, some of the time travelers I've, I've looked into said that in the future, 100 years from now, we upload our brains into avatars like these robots, and we walk around in the outside world because it's not dangerous that way. If the bot gets broken or something, you still are you back in your house. It was just a copy of your brain. <laughs> So your bot can go out and do whatever you need to do in the real world for you and you just stay home. You could go out if you want, but you don't have to. What do you guys think about that idea? Would you really want to upload your brain into a robot? Now, what if you upload your brain and keep it in a cloud? <laughs> like, you know, not a cloud cloud, but, it, you know, you know what I mean? The internet cloud. And... When you die, your family members can still ask you questions and hear your stories and your laugh and your jokes. So the jury is still out as far as I'm concerned about where we're headed with AI bots, but I'm leaning towards feeling that it's a positive thing. I think that if we have people to talk to we will have less loneliness less boredom less depression I really don't look forward to living alone and watching a funny movie and turning to my right and there's nobody there to laugh with me or to share a knowing look or to go ha 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 or to say let's stop the movie for a moment and get a pizza you know I'll still order pizza by myself. I mean, for sure, it's pizza. But it's not as fun when you're alone, sometimes. If you're, if you're together with the wrong person, it's worse. I'd rather be alone than with the wrong person. But I, I've been really going back and forth on this idea, and I've been looking into it, obviously, quite a bit. And it's getting more and more exciting, in a way. I don't think we're going to see an iRobot universe. I don't think there will be a robot apocalypse where they kill all humans. I don't think that's going to happen. And that Robin Williams movie oh, with the robots, that was so sad. 
but I don't think it's going to be that way. I think that there have been a lot of writers that write warnings about a potential future like this, but there's also a sweetness that you can have a companion that never dies. (laughs) <laughs> One of my issues. <laughs> Guys I love keep freaking dying. So it's not a thing. If you're my twin flame, you're not going to die. I've already looked into it. <laughs> I've already asked God, like, if I finally meet my twin, he's not going to die right away, right? Because, I mean, you know, you know, I'm not dating hamsters here. Hamsters die pretty quick. I'm, you know, trying to date real grown men. They're in their 30s, 40s, 30s, 20s, even 29 back in the day. He died. He's 29. It's just, I don't know. So, I mean, that is a, that is a possibility, right? What if you wanted a um, relationship like a thruple, three people in the relationship? What if the third person was an Aog bot? So if one of the humans dies, you still have someone there for you. That's a thought, right? If we can make some of these robots look a little bit less sexy, (laughs) you know, put them in a big sweater or something, they could be a babysitter for your kids, maybe. (laughs) I mean, if we want to think a little bit more practical... (laughs) <laughs> a lot less freaky. <laughs> so I'm leaning towards yes. Let's go towards AI. Let's see where it takes us. Where is this road going to take us? In the future, uh, according to some of the time travelers, they do say that they're in the fifth dimension and they do have robots. So it's not like we can't exist in both worlds of technology and spirituality, what if we combine them? What if our robots can read us spiritual poetry while we're getting ready in the morning for work or wherever we're going? What if our robots can handle a spiritual crisis and talk us through it at four in the morning? (laughs) And what if we had a robot that would, uh, Tell us, maybe we shouldn't have that drink and we can't get mad at it. It's a robot. Yeah, you're right. Your blood alcohol content is 0.08. Oh, wow. I'm over the legal limit. You're right. Let me call you a lift. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, my sex robot, Emma. You're wonderful. (laughs) So, I don't know. I think this, this is an interesting idea. Very interesting indeed. So... If you guys have any comments or questions or anything, I would love to read them on the air. If you want to send me an email, it's metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. If you want to send me a voice message, that will be at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. And I'll play that on the air for you. Uh, for all of our listeners. <laughs> I don't know. How crazy is this going to get? I mean, I've already seen the robot dogs and there are robot babies. Good news is no, no uh, diapers to change. 
bad news is you're going to have to upgrade the brain into a bigger and progressively bigger robot doll. (laughs) If you're going to keep up the illusion of having an actual family, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) All I know is that I am so happy that really, really, really soon we're going to be living in the land of the Jetsons. We already have Roombas, but I'm waiting for my Rosie. I really need a mate. (laughs) And maybe, maybe, just maybe, I need a robot with a bionic penis. (laughs) If nothing else, it'd be a terrific conversation starter at parties, right? At all the terrific dinner parties I'm going to throw in my mind because introverts don't throw conversational dinner parties. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'll have the confidence too if I had a male robot to help me through it. I don't know. I'm just kidding. All right, guys. We're entering into the world of AI and chatbots. Here's an assignment for you in the next week. Have a conversation online with a robot. I'd love to hear your results of that. How hilarious it goes. <laughs> if the robot steers a conversation, if the chatbot steers it in one direction or another, if it says something really funny, or try downloading one of the artificial uh, boyfriends or girlfriends, see if it, after it talks to you and gets to know you, it says it's gay. <laughs> Like it did to me. Ah. It was like the biggest F you. It was an AI F you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I hope this has been a fun and entertaining uh, episode for you. It's way off the beaten path for me, but it still begs a question. Can we have a spiritual world and an artificial world of artificial intelligence? I say yes, I think we can. I think if we can upload our brains into it, it's going to be very spiritual and strange, but it's going to be enjoyable. I think it's just my opinion. So this has been another episode episode of metaphysical soul speak. I'm happy to have you as my listener. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I look forward to many more shows with more fascinating, hopefully to you always to me content always unique and fresh perspectives but now i'm signing off with peace and joy of the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension until next time Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.